to knowing where you're going. Amen. Exodus 28. Exodus chapter 28 this morning. In the Word of God. Exodus 28, I want you to stay in your Bible. I want you to stay with me. Because I definitely am not here to cause confusion. I don't want to confuse you. Amen. But I want, to, want you to see some things this morning in Exodus chapter 28. Well, I tell you what, I'm glad this morning to be saved. You know, today we got saved. We became something. Amen. We become, we were nothing. God made us something. Amen. So each and every one of us is something if you're saved and born again. Uh, if you're not, amen, you can be something. Amen. He'll clean you up, wash you white as snow, wash you real good, change your life, make you whole. I thank God that I'm saved this morning. I'm glad to be a child of the King, aren't you? Amen. It's going to be in the Lord's house. Anybody got a word on your heart before we get started this morning? I do want to say this. I did not call Brother J.R. I have not talked to Brother J.R. this weekend. Amen. I promise the Lord lines everything up. Yeah, you'll see that as he talked about the priest. I can't get this off my mind. I'm going to talk about them too. Amen. All right. You found your place in Exodus 28. If you would, please stand this morning. Exodus chapter 28. Amen. If you found your place, say Amen. Amen. Exodus 28, verse number 1 through 3. The Bible said, And take thou unto thee Aaron thy brother, and his sons with him from among the children of Israel. Now I want you to understand that this is God speaking. I'm going to say this again, so I'm going to be a little bit repetitive. I want to make sure you get hold of it. Uh, so we see God speaking. He's saying to Moses, And take thou unto thee Aaron thy brother and his sons with him. Now he's saying, Take them from among the children of Israel, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. Even Arid, Nadab, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar, Aaron's sons. The Bible said, And thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron thy brother for glory and for beauty. Now he's took them and he's made them uh, some holy garments here in the Word of God. We're going to look at those. But the Bible said, And thou shalt speak unto all uh, that are wise hearted, whom I am filled with the spirit of wisdom that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. I'm glad this morning, the day you and I got saved, God gave us some garments. The old men ain't there anymore. God has cleaned the old, nasty, sinful, vile garments up. And we've got something fresh on the inside. He's cleaned them up this morning. I don't want to go in this any farther. Let's pray. Uh, dear Lord, most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, we thank You uh, for the privilege, the opportunity to be here. God, we're thankful to be saved, washed in Your blood. God, thankful, Father, for everything that You've done for us. God, if there's one here lost this morning, God, I pray that You'd save their soul before it's everlasting and eternally too late. God, You know the hearts, Father. We see the people, but You know what's inside. And God, as we preach this morning, God, I pray that You'd loose my tongue. Father, I pray, God, that You give me the words that's most needed. Father, we love You and we thank You, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank You for standing. You can be seated. Oh, I preached to you a little rough this morning, but I'll preach on this thought uh, just how well 
Are you really serving the Lord? Just how well this morning uh, is each individual. I don't want you to look at your neighbor. I don't want you to... Uh, I know how good factors are. And we're getting a look at this one and, and looking at that one. And, and we'll look at our neighbor and say, well, they ain't serving God for nothing. When really, uh, if we're honest, we ain't doing much either. Amen. So I want you to look at yourself. I wish I had, everybody had a mirror and they could hold it up and look at their self. I want you to ask yourself individually this morning just how well am I are you really serving God? Alright, by way of introduction this morning, I want to look once again into the book of Exodus. been studying the Old Testament and then we'll get started in the Word of God. But as I've said many times before, there's so much in the book of Exodus this morning uh, that could be preached. I could spend a year or uh, two years or three years preaching on the book of Exodus and we've never scratched the surface of what is found here in the Word of God. But in this wonderful book of Exodus this morning, uh, as I've said many times before, it's in this book that you would find the record of redemption of the people of Israel uh, from the slavery that they were in in the land of Egypt. And then you would find their establishment as a nation when they're governed by the terms of God's covenant and they're governed by laws God's as well. Friend, I'm glad this morning that in the book of Exodus that you and I can not only see the children of Israel uh, get out from bondage and out from slavery and out from the bondage of Egypt, but I'm glad this morning that you and I can see this morning uh, God has shown us, revealed to us how this pictures of us uh, getting out of sin the day we got saved. Friend, listen, I'm glad to report to you this morning that if you're saved and born again, if you are washed in the precious blood of Jesus, Christ, then you are out from the bondage and the slavery of sin this morning. You've been set free in your land. And now, friend, you are under the power of the Holy Ghost this morning. But I'm glad this morning that I'm free, free, free. Hey, do you know how it feels this morning to be free from all your sin? Do you know how it feels this morning to be washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? Hey, do you know how it feels? Say amen. Hey, man. Hallelujah. We see Israel got out of the land of Egypt. Uh, we see they got established as a nation. Now, under the terms and conditions, they got established under God's covenant. Now, many times in the Word of God, Israel fell. Well, don't take it too hard on Israel because we did too. Amen. Uh, Israel fell. Many times throughout our lives, you and I have failed. But I'm glad this morning that even though Israel might have failed, they're going to be a nation one of these days. And friend, they're going to be God's chosen people no matter what, friend. At the end of this world, they are going to be established. They're going to be there. And I'm glad this morning to be able to say that yes, there's times that I may falter. And yes, there's times that I may fail. Let's be honest this morning. Uh, hey, I'm just a, a man just like you are. I fail. I mess up. I make mistakes. But I'm telling you, I'm glad that one of these days, I'm going to be established in a land called heaven where everything's beautiful. Everything's fine. I'll never grow old. I'll be established one of these days. Friend, well, aren't you established now? Well, yeah. I'm watching the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I still fail. One of these days, what I'm saying is, We'll never fail again. I'm glad when one of these days, I don't guess we'll wake up because I don't think we'll want to rest. Amen. But I'm glad that one of these days, I'm not going to have to worry about the, uh, the things I've done in my life. I'm glad to 
this morning. The devil will never bother me again where I'm going. Hey, friend, I'm glad to be free. And friend, the promise that we have this morning. See, God's people, Israel, had a promise. That promise is they're going to be established as a nation. Nobody's going to do anything about that. Amen. So the promise that we have this morning is that we're going to leave this world behind one of these days. I'm calling to the same this morning. We're going to leave this world behind one of these days and we're going to be home to be with our Savior and we're going to live with Him forever. Now, if you're lost this morning, you'll die and you'll go to hell unless you get saved. You'll not live with Jesus Christ. You'll live with the devil and His angels and be tormented. We know that. But friend, listen, the sun in heaven's always going to be shining. Because Jesus Christ will be the Son. Hey, not only will He be the S-O-M, He'll be the S-U-M. He'll be the light of the Lamb. Friend, I'm telling you, I'll be able to sing up there and then I'll be able to carry a tune all the time. I'll be able to sing like Miss Rita. Amen. Hey, I'm telling you this morning, friend, uh, nobody will care whether I miss a beat or not. Amen. And, but here, listen, uh, in the children of Israel getting out of Egypt, uh, we have a type of us getting up and out of sin. And just like Israel got established, you and I be established one of these days because the promise that God has made us. It's not by anything that you and I have done. But listen, the Bible said in John 14, 1 through 3. Uh, even though what's going on, even though the things that are around us, the Bible still yet said, let not your heart be troubled. You know what? I think that when God was pinning down those words, He said there's going to be a pandemic. Over there. He said there's going to be people wearing masks over there. He said there's going to be people looking right over there. And he pinned down the words, let not your heart be troubled. God knew all about it. Friend, I'm telling you this morning, let's just not worry about it. Let not your heart be troubled. The Bible says, You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, this is God's promise to us. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Amen. The Bible says, If I go prepare a place for you, I will come again. That's a promise. And receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Friend, one of these days, side by side with Jesus. Is where we're going to be. You're saved. I'm glad one of these days where Jesus is, that's where I'm going to be. Friend, I'm going to be delivered out of the land one of these days. But friend, until the child of God gets delivered. See, we ain't there yet. And until we get delivered out of this place, Jesus Christ has left you and I here to do some work. Amen. All through the book, I'm trying not to get sidetracked. All through the book of Exodus, we see many types of Jesus Christ. And we see many types of the child of God. And it's the child of God this morning that I want to look at uh, in the book of Exodus. I want us to get a hold of some truths here this morning. I may not preach real fast, and I may preach real long. Amen. I'm just kidding. But as we break into chapter number 28 of the book of Exodus, we see a very familiar name in the Word of God. Right here in verse number 1, the context of our Scripture. So we see, as I said a moment ago, God is speaking to Moses. Now, this is what He has to say. The Bible said in, in verse number 1, read with me. And take thou unto thee Aaron thy brother and his sons with him from among the children of Israel. 
that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. Who's he ministering to? Who's he ministering to? He's ministering to God. The Bible said that he may minister unto me in the priest's office, even Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar, Aaron's sons. Now up to this point, the word of God, God has told Moses here to tell the people to build God a sanctuary. If you were to go back and you were to read, you'd see that. Uh, let's do that. 25, Exodus 25, and verse number 8. The Bible said, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Now, God had told the children of Israel uh, to make God a sanctuary so that He could dwell among them. Now, just like God in our day dwells with us in the house of God. Amen. Uh, in our day, God was with them out there in the land in their land. God was with them. He's everywhere. But He was also with them in the sanctuary where they could offer up praise and sacrifice and thanksgiving to God. Amen. So friend, in our day and in our time, God has chosen to put His name in the church, the Lord Jesus Christ, the local assembly of a group of believers gathered together. And every time that we send up a testimony, God says, it's sweet to his nostrils. He said it smells good. You're offering up incense. Praise to God. Every time you do one of these things, we don't sacrifice the animals no more. We sacrifice for this and we sacrifice with our mouth and we tell God that we love him. And we get down on an old-fashioned altar and grab hold of the horns of the altar and we pray. Offer up sacrifices to him in our day. That's what we're doing. Now, friend, listen, He has chosen to put His presence in the house of God. You say, preacher, I've never felt His presence. Oh, boy, He's come through here several times. Amen. He's chosen to put His name here. Friend, we may be few, but with God we're many. Now, listen, in the previous chapters, God has chosen a place to put His name. Now, in this chapter which we're in this morning, we see that God had to put some people where God chose to put His name in the sanctuary to do His work. Now, in our day, Jesus Christ has saved our never-dying soul. And even in our day and in our time, Jesus Christ has put some people, listen to me now, He's put some people into the house of God to do some work. God's put missionaries on the mission field to do some work. Amen. Uh, but God has put you in hand this morning in a church house to hear a message about you and I doing some work. Now listen, here in the Word of God, we see God is setting up some priests in the sanctuary. You can look at it. And that, that sanctuary was built for God. We see that those priests this morning in the Word of God can be a picture of our great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you and I pattern our lives after Christ, then this can be a picture also of you and I. Now what do you mean? Well, we're to be Christ-like. Amen. So I think that we can uh, look at that, apply it to our lives. But in this chapter of the Word of God, now look at this. We see that God here is telling Moses to take Aaron and his brother and his brother's sons. We see that Aaron's to take him and his sons. They're to come out from among the children of Israel. They're going to do the work of God. And we see that they, so that they may minister unto the Lord in the priest's office. So, it's here in this verse and also in the next few verses that we see this word minister. Well, the word minister here in our text means a chief servant. 
So that means to serve. Now we see here that in our text, God is separating Aaron and his sons. We see that He separated them from the children of Israel. He said, you need to be a separated people if you're going to serve me. Amen. And we see that He's separating them so that they can serve God and to do God's work. Now God has set them aside uh, to do one of the greatest things that anybody could ever do in their life, and that is to serve their God. Friend, I'm telling you this morning, the greatest the greatest thing that we can ever do in this life is to serve God. There's a lot of folks who want to be big ball players and they think it's the greatest thing in the world. Now I'm saying I like ball, okay? But I'm telling you it's not the greatest thing in the world. The greatest thing in the world that you can ever do is get on fire and serve the one who died for you. Friend, all that other stuff may seem like much to the world, but honestly and truthfully, the greatest thing you can do is serve God. So here in this chapter of the book of Exodus, we see that Aaron and his sons have been separated. Uh, We see that they've been called to do the greatest job in the planet, which is serve God. And friend, you might be here this morning saying, Preacher, just what does this have to do with me? That's what I say. God's given it to me. I say, what in the world, Lord, are you doing? You might say, Preacher, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. That's great. You might say, well, all the work's done. I agree. Christ's done the work. But friend, listen to me. The work for us will not ever be done until God calls us home. I'm not preaching a work of salvation. I'm preaching being saved and then working. Just like Aaron, the Word of God, God has chosen him to be a priest. And you and I that are saved and born again, God has called us to be priests. Listen to your Bible. The Bible says in the New Testament in 1 Peter 2 9 through 10. But ye, who's ye? The church, the Lord Jesus Christ. But ye are a chosen generation. The Bible said a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. The Bible said which in time past were not a people, we were nothing dead, but then the Bible said but are now the people of God. Hallelujah. Friend, the Bible said which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Friend, I'm telling you this morning, since you and I this morning that are saved have obtained mercy when we didn't deserve mercy. God has put a calling on each and every one of our lives and that calling that nobody likes to talk about and that not, nobody likes to do is that He's called us to do a work for the Lord. He's called us. Now, my heart's desire I'll just go ahead and share my heart with you. My heart's desire for this church, for Mountain View Baptist Church, is that we do something for God. Do something Friend, we can do things for one another, and we should. But how well can we serve God? My heart's desire for my little girl and for all of our children here as they grow up, serve God. Friend, I, I like the fact that a lot of them like to play ball and not down in them. But I want to serve God. Don't you? Amen. Friend, serving the Lord as a matter of fact. Is what all of us have been chosen to do. With that honor remains, with the help of the Lord, I'm going to preach on the Lord. Just how well are you really serving the Lord? I want to preach on about three thoughts and then we go to the house. Number one, I want to preach on we must serve because we've been chosen. Number two, I want to preach on this thought. 
We must serve because of our garments. Remember Isaiah, God has given us some new garments. Amen. And we're going to look at the priest's garments. But number three, we must serve because of our reverence. If we lose our reverence and respect for God, we're going to die as a church, as a people of God. Let's get started. Number one. We must serve because we've been chosen. Now, I did not come to you this morning to debate with anybody about predestination. Amen. And when I was about to say this, what I'm about to say, I want you to know that I'm not Calvinistic. I am not a Calvinist. I don't believe in that mess. Uh, and I do not believe that some people have been chosen to die and go to hell. I do not believe that some people have been chosen to uh, go to heaven. But friend, that is what the Calvinist believes. Now, they all also believe that the ones that are going to heaven have been chosen before the world began. But you and I this morning believe what the Bible said. And the Bible said in John 3 and 16 for that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever may believe in Him uh, uh, whosoever believeth in Him shall be saved but have, should have everlasting so not perish but have everlasting life. Y'all pray for me. I'll get it right in a minute. Friend, God sent Jesus into the whole entire world and when He sent him into the world. He sent him for each and every individual. He sent him for the blacks. He sent him for the blacks. He sent him for the browns. Hallelujah. He sent him for each and every individual. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. Jesus Christ died for you. Friend, God sent Jesus for the murderer. Paul was a murderer, wasn't he? God's saint is never dying. So, friend, listen, if a murderer would crawl upon their knees wherever they're at and confess their sin and call on Jesus Christ to save them by grace through faith, he will. Amen. Friend, a lot of folks don't like to hear that. There was a man coming home one night who was in a drunken stupor. And he, uh, he, what he done was this. He took a fire poker uh, from the fire and he poked his little son uh, through the head with that fire poker. But I'm telling you this morning, if that man would fall upon his knees and call upon God, then God would save him. God said, I sent my son that whosoever, whosoever, Friend, we're all just a bunch of sinners. But I'm glad this morning to be able to say that I'm a whosoever. Amen, friend. Listen, I was saved by the goodness and the grace of God. Jesus Christ went to Calvary for all men. And Jesus Christ went to Calvary for all men. And friend, even though Jesus Christ went to Calvary, even though He went to the old rugged cross for the whole world, He did predestinate us for something. Now get a hold of me. I'm not Calvinistic. But the Bible said in Romans 8, 29 through 30, For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate. To be conformed. It didn't say to be saved. It said to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called. And whom He called, them He also justified. And whom He justified, them He also glorified. I'm glad to be justified. One day I'll be glorified. But friend, what that verse means is that Jesus Christ knows exactly who's going to be saved. He knows when they're going to be saved. But He's still yet died for all men and for all women, children, boys, and girls. Friend, listen, God saved us so that we could be conformed to the image of His Son. That's what He predestinated. He said, once you get saved, I predestinate you to be like Jesus Christ. Alright, so... This means we're to act as closely and as much like Christ as we possibly can. 
Just how well are we serving God? Friend, Jesus Christ came to serve. How many times in the Word of God do we see Jesus say, Not my will, but thine be done? Jesus Christ did not come uh, to be some great, great man over everything. He came to serve the Father. God needed a sacrifice for all mankind. We need a sacrifice. And the Son said, Daddy, I'll go. He came to be a servant. If we're going to be Christ-like, we're going to have to serve. Friend, it was the priest's job to serve the Lord. Just like it's our job to serve the Lord. And it's serving the Lord that me me and you that are saved have been separated to do in our day. Notice in the Word of God with the Bible said in verse number 1, And take thou unto thee Aaron thy brother and his sons with him from among the children of Israel. Aaron and his sons here in the Word of God. They were one day walking around aimlessly uh, uh, with the children of Israel. Hey, I bet they looked like the children of Israel. I bet they acted like the children of Israel. Friend, I bet they uh, said, what the children of Israel said. But friend, one day all of a sudden, my friend, the Lord Jesus shows up. God shows up. And friend, the Lord separates Aaron and his sons. Hey, aren't you glad this morning that one day when you was out in the world, hey, you talk like the world. Hey, you look like the world. Hey, you dress like the world. Aren't you glad that God showed up and changed your life? That's an awful week, amen, for a big thing God's done for us. Amen. Listen, friend, he separated us the day we got saved unto the work of the Lord. There was once a time in my life I separated from God. Listen, if you're here and you're lost this morning, you've been separated from God. Listen to your Bible. The Bible said in Isaiah 59 and verse number 2, But your iniquities, your sin, have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid His face from you that He'll not hear. Listen, you might be separated from God right now because of sin. But the Bible said in Psalm 4 and 3, But know that the Lord has set apart Him that is godly for Himself. The Lord will hear when I call on Him. If you're lost without God, I'm telling you this. Morning, the Lord will hear when you call upon Him and ask Him to save you. Now, every other prayer, and He ain't going to hear. But when you pray and ask God forgiveness and ask Him to be your Savior, you've got to hear that prayer. Every other prayer is useless. If you're lost, He can't hear. Now, listen, God has separated us, God has saved us. And all of us that are saved, He saved us so we could do the work. For the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, God has done so much for us, friend. I don't think we never do enough for Him. I don't want to preach this, but serving God does not mean you'll have to give up all your family time. God wants the home set in order and right. He didn't ask you to give up every bit of your family time. Serving God don't mean you'll have to give up all your me time. It don't. God still gives you enough time for yourself. Friends, serving God ain't that bad of a deal, really, if you think about it. Serving God does not mean that you have to give up all everything. Don't mean you have to give up baseball. Don't mean you have to give up basketball. Don't mean you have to give up TV time, although we probably watch too much. Amen. But I'm telling you, God wants you to have time for you, and all God is asking is that you give Him a little time. Friend, we're living in the Laodicean church age. 
And the truth of the matter is this morning, you're going to uh, probably kick me out. I'm done preaching this. But the truth of the matter is this morning, we've become lazy on God and lukewarm on God as a church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And friend, if we're not careful, He's going to vomit us out of His mouth. He's going to puke us up. What Bible said. Friend, we as churches all across America have come to a place and to a time this morning when the church has gotten lazy on the Lord, when we ought to be serving Him and working from Him. Hey, after all, God has blessed us this morning with padded views to stand on. Hey, He's blessed us with air conditioner. Hey, He's blessed us with heat in the winter. And we can't serve the Lord who's blessed us beyond measure. Well, listen, Christ did not take a seat until His work was done. Our work won't be done till we take a seat with Him. The Bible said in James 2, 17 and 18, Even so faith, if it hath not worked, is dead. Be alone. Wow. The Bible said, Yea, a man say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I'll show thee my faith by my works. Friend, when God looks down upon earth in our day, the sad thing that God sees is there's a lot of lazy Christians in our day. God's done whooped me up and down one side or the other. Lazy Christians. Friend, here in the Word of God, we see that God had separated Aaron and his sons. Uh, we see that He had separated them to be doing God's work. He didn't separate them to sit down and watch everybody else work. He did not do that. He didn't set them down so they could soak up the blessings of God's people as to God's people do the work and you get benefit. Amen. Amen. This is rough. There ain't nobody going to go out and eat with me again. Amen. I'm telling you the truth. God has sanctified them to do work in this very verse of Scripture. As I said just a moment ago, we see the word minister, which we see a total of five times in chapter 28 and chapter 29. But every time we see that phrase, it says minister unto me. We know God's talking. So what this means for us as children of God is that we are to be doing the work of the Lord. Why can't we have revival? Because nobody's working. Nobody's doing anything. We're to be ministering unto people this morning. But before we please people, we've got to please God. Amen. While I'm at it, let me say this. Sometimes we're to be pleasing to uh, sometimes if we're gonna be pleasing to God, we're not gonna be very pleasing to people. People might throw rocks at you with their words. But listen, those priests were put in the sanctuary to minister to the people. But the first person they had to worry about pleasing was God. Now listen, we as a church of Jesus Christ have been put here to minister unto people. But we, just like those priests, cannot ever lay down our obligation to please God first and foremost. Now listen, this is a very sad and hard thing to say. But the church in our day has stopped worrying about pleasing God and started worrying about pleasing people. Two different worship services, why? So you please the older crowd, please the younger crowd, too, and everybody just comes. Before you know it, the gay crowd come in. And don't have a gay sermon in the to you. I'm telling you, friend. The churches of our day have gotten soft. Boy, I like it when men stand up here and tell the truth what's on their mind. God put on their mind. We've gotten soft. Hey, man, there's a church in Boston, Massachusetts. Great revival broke out up there. And that church, that's actually one of the churches where it all started. If you look up our history, Boston, Massachusetts. Right now, sitting on that church, they have right now on the inside, 
There's seating down here. There's seating up top. Used to be full of people who love God. Now on the outside of the church, it's full of people who hate God. There's a flag set up. It's a gay pride flag, rainbow flag set up over the church. I'm telling you, friend, the church has gotten soft. Friend, that church ain't the only church that's done that either. Just come in any way you want to. Just come. I'm telling you, come in any way you want to. Believe, change, glory to God. Hey, friend, they're preaching, teaching. It's okay, but friend, we might be in the people business. Amen, we are. But before those priests and before we can please people, we first have to please God. And if what people's doing don't please God, then it's wrong and ain't right. Hey, shacking up, still a sin. Uh, being gay, still a sin. Homosexuality, is still a sin. Laying down with this one and that one, is still a sin. Hey, booze is still a sin. Friend, if it was sin, the Word of God, it's sin today. Hey man, friend, if this man uh, that got drunk, uh, there was a man one time, excuse me, let me back up. There was a man that got drunk one time. He went out, I worked with him, he talked to me all the time. He got drunk with a preacher. The preacher. And he said, Boy, I had fun last night. So I'm telling you, friend, that's not much of a preacher. So I'm not much. That's definitely not much. That's it. And friend, I'm telling you, that man quit where I work. And if that man does not change his heart, that man who got drunk with him, that preacher, will give an account for the blood that he just shed for that sinner. I'm telling you, friend, the church has got solved. We're to serve people, but we've got to serve God first. You know, we'll not ever minister to people if we first do not minister to the Lord. Friend, as we read, it was reading and studying the God, Word of God this morning. It's by the grace of God that Aaron and his sons have been chosen for the Word. They didn't earn the Word. They didn't deserve to be in the Word. But friend, it's all because of the grace of God that God chose them for the Word. Hey, this morning, that's exactly the way that it is for you and I. Even though you and I don't deserve to serve God. Even though you and I don't deserve to do a thing for God. God, by His grace, has shown us and saved us. And we get to serve Him. We get to do it. As a man preached a message one time, Pastor's Timber Ridge, I can't remember his name right off, but he preached a message. I don't have to, but I get to. Oh man, that's good. Don't have to, but I get to. We get to serve God. But friend, if you ever lose sight of just who we're serving, we're not going to be much in the soul world. We need to serve because we've been chosen. Now let's look at another reason. Let's look at this. Let's look number two. Stay with me. We must serve because of our garments. Read your Bible. The Bible says in verse number 4. And these are the garments which they shall make. A breastplate and an ephod. And a robe and a broidered coat. A miter and a girdle. And they shall make holy garments for Aaron thy brother and his sons. That he may minister unto me in the priest's offices. So bless your heart if you stay with me. So not only have we been chosen to serve God as priests. But we must serve him first and foremost. But here in the ministry we have been chosen to serve people. And we're not going to serve people unless we serve God but in the Old Testament days these priests would serve God and then they'd serve people. Now while they were serving those priests of those days would put on seven pieces of clothing in the Word of God. Listen in Exodus 28 
uh, read this in verses 42 through 43. You would see that those priests wore undergarments. Now, uh, verse 39 in Exodus 28, you would see that they wore a coat. Then in Exodus chapter 39 in verses 22 through 26, you would see that the priest would wear an ephod in those days. And then you would see on that ephod, you would see that there were the collars of gold, blue, purple, and scarlet. Then you would see this morning as you read that, that the ephod or that sleeveless garment was held together by a jeweled clasp on each shoulder. Now all that's typical and I ain't got time to go into all of it. But you can see in Exodus 39 in verses 1-5, through 5, look at that. You would see that those priests had a girdle at their waist. So it girded them up. And then you would see that they'd have a jeweled breastplate in Exodus chapter 39 in verses 9-30. through 30. Then you would also see that the priests would have a white turban, if you will, which is called a mitre. It was a turban that went over their hemp. And you would see that in Exodus 28 in verse 39. Uh, and you would see that that mitre this morning, that in that mitre would be a golden plate that said holiness unto the Lord. Now, you would find that in Exodus 28 in verse 36. It's a lot. You can go back and study it. But listen, that word holiness to the Lord there uh, in Exodus 28-36 is in all caps. You ought to be able to see it real fast. But you could just look at those priests and you could tell they were ready to do something for God. They had their garments on. They were ready. And as interesting as all that is, I want to talk to you a little about the, the ephod and the girdle. Now, as I said a moment ago, that ephod is said to be a sleeveless garment. Now, get a hold of this. That garment reached to the ankles of that priest. Why is that? He had to stay a, a covered to do the work of Almighty God. Amen. That's uh, good to stay covered. Amen. I'm not preaching on that. Let's move on. So that ephod was linked to religious services. Now, it was normally wound. It was made of the finest linen that money could buy this morning. It, as I studied this out, it was embroidered with blue and purple and scarlet threads. Now listen, this ephod had two sides on it. So this ephod had one side in the front and one side in the back. I guess it would be... I don't know anything close to it today to relate it to, but it had a front and it had a back. Now listen to this. This ephod was held together by a jeweled clasp at the waist by the girdle. So it would hang over them, uh, one on the front, on the back, and it would be clamped together by, by a clamp there. But listen, the significant thing I want to point out about this ephod is not the collars of the ephod, but I want to bring our attention at the stones that were on the ephod. Now get a hold of this. On that priest's ephod this morning, that ephod went over that priest's shoulders and right on his chest, there were some stones on that ephod. Now listen, uh, it's not so much the stones that I want to deal with, but it's what was engraved on those stones that mean the world to us here this morning. What was engraved on those stones this morning? Remember, we're in the people business. What was engraved on those stones well, were the names of the people who were near and dear to God's heart. And the ones whose names were on those twelve stones were all the twelve tribes of Chit that they had all of Pray for me. All the twelve crowns of Israel, God's chosen people. Now get a hold of something. I said all that to say this. The priest so loved those people that before he went to the Lord, this priest would put those people's names upon his shoulder. What was he doing? He was carrying those names to where nobody else could. 
He would carry, take, and carry those things into the holy of the holies right up to God. What are you getting at? All those stones this morning reminded that priest that the tribes of Israel were precious in God's sight. Now listen, it also helped him to remember that he had not come into the tabernacle to display his beautiful robes. He wasn't there for that. It reminded him that he had not come into the tabernacle to exalt his great high position of high priest. It reminded him that he was to carry each and every name right into God's great throne room. It reminded him that he was not standing for God before God for himself. But it reminded him that he had not been called by God to serve himself. It reminded him that he had been called by God to serve those people. Oh, friend, we're missing it in our day. Friend, if we as a church, Lord Jesus Christ, are going to do anything for Christ in our day, we're going to have to realize and we're going to have to remember that God's not called us to serve ourselves. But we, uh, I mean, we're saved and born again. We've got to help ourselves. But friend, God is uh, to put us here to help people. Friend, when we come to the house of God, we worship Him and praise Him like there's no tomorrow. And we ought to. But another thing we should be doing is we should carry people's names unto the Lord. Listen to me. I preached on prayer last week. I'll do it again. There's people out there and their names need to be brought to the only one can help them. Friend, listen. Another thing we should be doing carries people carrying their names. There are a lot of people in this world that are lost. And we know them by name. There are a lot of people in the nursing home and the hospital. We know them by name. There are a lot of folks needing help in our day and our time. We know them by that. We all put them on our shoulders. And we all carry them up to an old-fashioned altar and take them where nobody else can put them. Hallelujah for you. What a better way to serve people in our day than to take their names up the Lord in prayer. But friend, what that priest would wear when he would wear his special robes, get a hold of this. He wasn't doing it for himself. He wasn't doing it to bring honor to the Lord to his name. He was doing it for all the people which he'd been called to serve so he could take their names to the Lord in prayer. And friend, if you come to church, I'm going to say this, just to be seen or just to be seen by your neighbors because you don't want them to think bad of you. If you miss church, you're missing the mark, friend. Hey, it ain't about being seen here. It's about what we can see here. Hey, man, friend. He was doing all that for the people. Listen, that priest went to the sanctuary for one reason and for one purpose. And that was to take the name of the people to the Lord in prayer. We've talked about the ephod. I'll talk about the breastplate. Listen, look, read your Bible. The Bible says in Exodus 28 and 15. And thou shalt make the breastplate of judgment with cunning work. After the work of the ephod, thou shalt make it of gold of blue and of purple and of scarlet and fine twine linen shalt thou make it. Now get a hold of this. The Bible said in Exodus 28 and 29, And Aaron shall bear the names of the children of Israel in the breastplate of judgment upon his heart. When he goeth in unto the holy place for a memorial before the Lord continually. Now this breastplate was a beautiful piece of embroidered fabric that went across his chest. And this breastplate here would go over that chest. And what was on that breastplate, this is what's important for us to remember. Now, child of God, hear me. It's on that breastplate that was in the 12, that was in it, 12 beautiful jewels. Now, you think there were four rows. There was 12 jewels. They were in a row. They were lined up. So there'd be 12 stones. Still yet. So under the ephod, there was 12 stones. As far as I can tell, on the breastplate, there was 12 stones. 
that were engraved as well. God loves his people. Amen. So what was on that breastplate is what's important. On that breastplate, which there was 12 beautiful jewels in this morning, they were arranged in four rows, as I said. But each one of those jewels would represent the tribes of Israel. So we see that the high priest not only carried those people unto God, but look at where he carried those people. We see that he carried them on the most precious place he could ever carry them. On his heart. Oh my. Jesus Christ saved us to serve God. We established that. He saved us to serve people. Now what greater way to serve somebody than to carry them on your heart to God's prayer? Now hear me well. I'm not going to get to preach much on serving. I guess I'll just preach on praying. Alright, lots of times what we'll do, we'll carry folks' names to God in prayer. We'll do that. Carry them on our shoulder. But then we'll just have their names in our mouth. We'll say them, spit them out. Not even mean what we pray sometimes. <laughs> Amen. Is that how we are? Not even really mean it. Listen, if we're not careful, we'll say things like, yes, yeah, so-and-so, we need to pray for them. And before we know it, it's almost like we just go through the motions, get in a rut of just doing what we do. And they're not on our heart. Friend, listen. We don't truly mean it sometimes. We're not careful what we'll do. When somebody asks us to praise, we'll say, yeah, we'll pray. We'll forget about it before we come to church. Or we'll pray. And then we'll just say, Lord, just help this one, help this one, help this one. You know, all the names of everybody. And let's get done so we get out of here. That's kind of where we pray. Now listen, is that what the Lord wants us to do? Friend, when's the last time that you poured your heart out to your God in prayer? When's the last time you mean, uh, you've truly, I mean truly, had a burden? You know what's missing around the house of God in our day? is burdens. Nobody's got a burden. Take everything so lightly. So-and-so needs prayer. Yeah, I'll pray for you. But you don't get a burden. Friend, I was reading a book about a man one time. He got a burden so much. And all the wood, he had wood in his house. It's old, old book I read. And he would take it and he'd get down to the same spot every day. And you could see his knee print in the wood of that house. When's the last time that we got a burden so heavy? Friend, if we're going to serve God, if we're going to see God move in situations in this country at all, we got to get people on our and we've got to take them to the Lord in prayer. And we've got to mean it. Friend, until we get a love for others way down deep in our hearts, we're not going to be concerned about others. Amen. What the church needs in our days, we need to get our burdens back. We need to get our hearts back. And we need to get our care and concern for people back. Friend, listen, is that not what we're doing? I mean, we come in to worship God. But friend, we ought to have a burden in our heart for the people outside the church as well. Friend, the Bible said in 1 John 3 and 18, My little children, let us love and uh, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and truth. God broke me. If we truly love people the way we're supposed to, they won't just be on our tongue. They'll be in our heart. When's the last time that we've poured our hearts out to God? Number three. See, that priest would take the children of Israel and their names. He'd bury them on his heart. And he'd take them before God. 
Boy, if we only loved God, loved people like God loved Israel, like God loves Israel. Listen to this. We must serve because we've been chosen. We must serve because of our garments. But number three, we must also serve out of reverence and respect to Him. Friend, if we're going to serve God, we've got to respect Him. We've got to reverence His name. As we continue to look at these priest's clothes, I'm trying to hurry. I want to look at some other things. Listen, in those clothes in which the priest was to wear, we also see what is known as the blue robe. Read with me. The Bible says in Exodus 28, 31 through 35, And thou shalt make the robe of the ephod all of blue, and there shall be a hole in the top of it, in the midst thereof it shall have a binding of woven work round about the hole of it, as it were the hole of an habergeon, that it be not rent. Now keep that in your mind. The Bible said, Beneath, upon the hem of it, thou shalt make pomegranates of blue, and a purple, and a scarlet, round about the hem thereof. There was a gold between them round about, a golden bell and a pomegranate, a golden bell and a pomegranate, upon the, upon the hem of the robe round about. The Bible said, And it shall be upon Aaron to minister, and his sound shall be heard when he goeth in the holy place before the Lord and when he cometh out that he die not. Now listen, in that robe that was worn under that ephod which makes it distinctive in three ways. Listen, one of the ways that that uh, robe that blue robe is distinctive this morning is that it was seamless. Now that thing was seamless and that means this morning it symbolizes the perfect character of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. I'm telling you this morning, friend, we ought to reverence Him because He is perfect. He's not going anywhere. Hallelujah, friend. Our Lord, just like the robe, is perfect. Hey, friend, we ought to serve Him and reverence Him just because of who He is. He's perfect. Another great thing about the robe is that we see the collar around about the opening. The head was woven. You can see that. So it wasn't tear. Well, for years, people tried to tear the Lord's name down. But I'm telling you, you can't tear something perfect down. We hold reverence. We hold respect to Him. Hey, friend, not one time in his life did he do any of the things that he was accused of. We ought to reverence him. Friend, another great thing about this robe, I could go on and on, is around the hem of this garment hung some pomegranate made of blue and purple scarlet yarn with golden bells, which gave witness that the high priest was ministering in the holy place. I'm playing this morning, thank God. But our high priest is up there in the holy place ministering. He'll never stop. He'll never quit. He loves us day in and day out. If we don't serve Him out of fear, reverence, and respect, we're not going to serve Him at all. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning, I'm done. There's so much more I want to say this morning. I understand you've got to get on. I want to ask you this. How well are you serving the Lord in our day? Dealt with a little bit Wednesday night. But if you're saved by God's marvelous grace, you've been chosen to serve. Chosen. And I'm glad you've come to the house of God. But do you serve Him or do you just sit in a pew? My friend, do you serve God out there at your workplace? Or do you serve the world and the things of the world? How much do your co-workers know that you're just going to serve God? Well, I've heard testimonies of the folks around here 
that people know I want off on Sunday. You know what they know? They know that people want to serve God around here. A lady come up and asked me, she said, I want to do something. Not to be seen, she want to do something for God around here. But what about you? What about you? How well are you serving God? Friend, we must serve because we've been chosen. Because of our garments. And as I went through a scripture this morning, I talked mostly about the priest's garment. But if you're saved and born again, God's cast off your old garment, gave you some new ones, cast off your old man, made you a new 